up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, I'm Robert Denfeld. So in this episode, Rob and I are going to talk about the best in TV of 2017. Um, you know, there really weren't many shows this year, so it was easy to Yeah, out. right. <laughs> it was Literally, easy to decide. I was trying to find the number of how many scripted shows there were. I couldn't oh. find the exact one, but I believe it was over 500. Wow. Um, I think there were 350 in 2016. Huh. But um, That's an yeah, interesting so, number. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daunting. it's when you consider just the amount of platforms and yeah. just that we're in this peak TV era, right. not surprising. I feel like exponentially every year it's getting bigger and bigger. But uh-huh. uh, So these are basically, just kind of disclaimer, these are the best of what we watched this year right you know we're not uh (laughs) professional tv critics we're not paid we're not paid to watch no we don't make a single dime out of this (laughs) this is pure passion not yet Uh, but uh right um but you know i've read even that professional tv critics have become so overwhelmed with trying to keep up with all the screeners they're being sent and all the shows they need to watch and they they can't even watch like a fraction of everything that's out there it's not an enviable position to be in right now i would say no it doesn't it sounds miserable um so this is basically the best of what we watched during our hours of leisure of this year (laughs) right and uh the way we're going to kind of split it up is rob's going to give his top five tv seasons of 2017 and then i'm going to give my top five tv episodes of 2017 and then at the end we'll kind of ask each other some general questions about this the year in television so uh i think there will be at least on my end some some spoilers on some of the episodes so um if you don't want to be spoiled just skip ahead to the next you know episode that i rank that you want to hear about i know you rob you said you won't be as heavy on those Um, so um minimal yeah minimal spoilers maybe a few tiny things but i'm gonna try to leave out detailed uh descriptions of any episodes or anything like that i won't spoil the endings of any anything Got you. So uh, how about you kick things off with your top five TV seasons of sure. this year? Sure. All right. So I have five. And of course, I struggled to whittle down my five as as it goes. Struggle, yeah. <laughs> the texts you sent me are just so like a lo- anxious. And yeah. like, I, could just, I could feel the anxiety through. I tried not to stress so, too like, much. I know this is for fun. And <laughs> fun you know, I'm just, we're just sharing our th- opinions with people. But yeah, I, I wanted to get it right and give my proper response here. But so I just wanted to mention number six. I know it's a top five, but just number six, because something Mm -hmm. bumped it out just this week. So Big Mouth, the animated Netflix series was in my top five. Uh, The show was created by Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg. Um, This was the funniest show I watched all year. So I thought, you know, it should be in my top five, but it got bumped um, by something Mm -hmm. else that I'll mention soon. Uh, just the most belly laughter I experienced in uh, all year and probably, yeah. yeah, one of the funniest shows that I've seen in a long time. So I we talked about it a few episodes ago, but if you guys haven't checked that out yet, I still recommend it. Um, mm. So, all right, let me get into my top five here. And it's, it's drama heavy, just oh, to yeah. be warned. You're uh, a dramatic guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I, uh, I just sort of gravitate towards. <laughs> All right. Um, so number five, I'm going to go with something that we talked about actually on our first episode of this podcast, which seems like quite some time ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's The Young Pope, season one on HBO. Mm-hmm. 
this premiered January 15th in the United States. It had a, an earlier release in the UK, but January 15th in the US. What I loved about it, Paolo Sorrentino wrote and directed it. Um, this Italian filmmaker, really, really well produced, well made, well shot, well directed. Pretty like uh, weird show, right? Yeah, what it is. There, it's like, quirky. Just a lot of kind of, and just like su- kind of surreal moments. Definitely. And it's funny, but also just strange yeah it's suspenseful yeah yeah, that's a good way to describe it i mean it's strange it's there's subtle humor throughout but there is some weighty drama to it and uh just kind of a fascinating series that had uh a surprisingly emotional or a big emotional payoff at the end that i wasn't really expecting to uh experience with the show and i just loved it jude law's performance as pope lenny bellardo uh, Diane Keaton as Sister Mary, uh, Silvio Orlando was my favorite uh, performance. He played Cardinal Voyello, uh, just a mm. really awesome performance. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think I would be as uh, captivated by this show, but I really was. And it is coming back for a second season, I wanted to mention, but it's going to be called The New Pope, not The Young Pope. Mm. And uh, it's not it's probably not going to be shot until mid-2018 with a release either late 18 or early 19 we'll see but uh again written and directed by paolo sorrentino so we'll see how that goes um yeah i love the uh the name is just awesome the like, young pope young, young yeah. po- kind of just sells itself like, right just right. Mi- mic drop yeah so, so-called yeah. young pope what else do you need to know but uh <laughs> I, it, this was i know you mentioned yeah the f- we talked about this on our very first episode uh-huh. back in february i think this was literally the first topic yeah that was ever discussed i think you're right <laughs> must go faster history yes. so uh it's nice to see it come back full circle yeah and a part is. of our you know best of the year definitely yeah it, it's kind of been forgotten because it came out in january but it was a really mm. solid show this year um let me get to my number four how do we get ahead of crazy if we don't know how crazy thinks something we just recently talked about couple episodes ago is Mindhunter season one Mm. the Netflix original series which was released October 13th Uh, season two is already locked in Uh, I believe it's going to start filming early 2018 with a release date probably again around October or November of 2018 Uh, this show I mean we just recently talked about it but David Fincher uh, helped uh, direct four episodes of the first season uh, he executive produced it, so it had that that grandeur of you know David Fincher filmmaking and just the 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 attention to detail. Cinematic flair, yeah, cinematic yeah. flair is a good way to put it. Um, it was a captivating look inside the minds of serial killers and you know the people trying to catch them and understand how their minds work and you know prevent these crimes from occurring but Jonathan Groff as Holden Ford as the lead character was a really great performance um yeah I just liked a lot of aspects of the show the the set design that we mentioned on our previous episode you know there's a lot more like me do you think so gotta mention Cameron Britton who played Ed Kemper again uh probably my favorite I got some uh... You'll be hearing more about Ed. Okay. Okay. Nice. I'll I'll say that. (laughs) Good. Yeah. So Mindhunter season one is my number four. Uh, Moving on to number three. This is an interesting one. This is what bumped Big Mouth out of my top five. Mm. So I'm going with Godless uh, season one. Newbie. Which was, yeah, just released November 22nd on Netflix. Um, It's an original miniseries on Netflix. Um, 
So I haven't even finished this yet. Uh, it says a lot that it's even in yeah. your, your top five and you haven't finished. But I, 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 I can not convince. I, I, uh, I told you you were looking for permission for me before, and like, can I put it in the top five? I haven't finished. I said, hey, if you right. feel strong enough that this is one of the five, I best feel things strongly. You've watched this this year, then put it in there. It's okay if you right. haven't <laughs> I mean, since it just came out. And again, yeah, it's it's a long. You know, it's only what seven episodes, but they're each yeah, like seven over episodes. an hour. Right. You know? Yeah. Most of them, I think, are like an hour and 10 minutes or so. Um, so this series, it's written and directed by Scott Frank, who co-wrote Logan earlier this year. Um, love Logan. He, yeah, he's known for Minority Report, Out of Sight, and Get Shorty. He wrote those films. Um, yeah. This is an American West story, uh, 1880s. Uh, takes place mostly in LaBelle, New Mexico, which is an an ore mining town and just to give you like the the summary i'm pretty sure this is in the trailer for this series but 83 men of that town died in a mining accident so basically the women are left to fend for themselves and run the town and you know have security for themselves and uh, Mm -hmm. basically take care of themselves without all the men uh, that all died in this accident but uh it stars excuse me it stars Michelle Dockery, who uh, you guys may know, and Ben, I'm not sure if you watched this show, but she was one of the leads in Downton Abbey as Lady Mary Crowley, <laughs> something yeah. a show that I loved a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack O'Donnell plays Roy Good, and he's probably the breakout star, breakout performance from this season. Um, just a really amazing lead performance. Uh, just I, not much I can say uh <laughs> Trying not to the spoil villain, too much. Or... No, he's he's the uh, he's the hero. I would say of the show oh. protagonist Jeff Daniels. I uh, so I watched about most of the pilot. I had to squeeze it in there. I didn't finish it. I mean, it was you know about an hour and ten minutes. But I was right. I was struck by Jeff Daniels' performance. I mean, because he's I don't know. He's just an interesting career, and you think you can't help but just think of like Dumb and Dumber when you see him in like, <laughs> right. any other movie, but. I thought it was a really strong performance of his, and definitely. I mean, definitely. Uh, I know one of the strengths of this show that's been talked about, kind of in the press, has been you know the cinematography, the way it's shot, the scope. Definitely. Um, you said like before, you were like, you should watch this. Like, don't watch it on your phone. No. Uh, you know, watch it on the biggest screen you have. I mean, yeah. So I was yeah, going to mention it's shot in uh, in HDR, high dynamic range, and I have a Samsung HDR 4K TV, and it looks <laughs> awesome on that. Like it's name drop, name it's, drop. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's amazing cinematography, as you mentioned, and the directing is great. Um, it's it's a big budget Western. I mean, if you're into Westerns at all, you should definitely check this show out. Um, yeah. You know, no restrictions by Netflix. Just make what you wrote, you know, uh, big sky Western epic. Uh, it has all the tropes of classic Westerns, you know, train robberies, horse wranglings. <laughs> Yeah, shootouts in saloons and small towns, a, a gang of outlaws tracking down the antagonist or protagonist, uh, Native American culture, a lot of interesting, uh, you know, aspects of that culture and the the cowboys versus Indians dynamic, and some love stories also that kind of tie things together. But yeah, you mentioned Jeff Daniels as the uh, antagonist here. Merritt Weaver also stars Scoot McNary. Uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, who is Jojen Reed from Game of Thrones. People oh. may recognize him. He, he gives a really good performance as a young deputy in LaBelle. 
Uh, and then Tantu Cardinal, I wanted to mention. She is a, a Native American actress. Uh, she's in Dances with Wolves and Legends of the Fall. And then this year she was in Wind River. Uh, oh, yeah. She just, yeah, you recognize her face when you see her, if you've seen any of those movies. Um, she's just a really, brings a lot of credibility to the to the role. And, you know, she's a very recognizable figure in, in that world of acting. So, yeah. yeah sounds just, like quite an ensemble. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's great, and I'm excited to finish it. It's amazing that it jumped up so quickly into my top five, but I had to put it in there because I'm really, really enjoying Follow it. Follow your heart, man. Follow your heart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, so number two. Let me move on from that. Number two, The Leftovers, season three on HBO. It was released, uh, or it started airing April 13th, so pretty pretty much early springtime. Um, it was eight episodes. Did you, were you able to catch this? I'm, I couldn't remember I if you watched I haven't seen this. a single episode of Leftovers, but it's been on my list for okay. years. It's definitely like at the top. And okay, I couldn't remember. I know, is it, did it end with this this season? Or Yeah, this, back, right? this was the they final season. Yeah. yeah, I know it's a show that's it's changed a lot. Just from what I've like heard and read, like mm-hmm. over three seasons, um, I don't know. It, it it's it's gone up a level each season and it's gotten better and better. I know like that first season was like super polarizing, where some people right. like absolutely hated it. Other critics thought it was like the most brilliant thing of the year. Um, but then I think I feel like it it overall got much better over the second and third season. And I remember just hearing things during that third season where I, you know, you hit that level, you know. The, there's so much TV out there and things to watch that you really need uh-huh. to be, um, you know, just choose carefully to, you know, choose yeah. wisely, like what Hone you want to spend your time, you know, right. watching. And I remember that just hearing things about this third season made me like make the definitive move of like, it's going on my list you should of things watch to it. watch, you know? I so, know it's so tough. Yeah. It's so tough with these series with, you mentioned 500, you know, scripted yeah, right. <laughs> uh, television shows that just this year, I mean, when something falls into the, uh, you know, goes into the back burner, it's really hard to like get back to I know it it's been there's on, always something new that's added to the back burner and keeps adding right. and like you know I'm in an avalanche of back burners here so right it is though in my top tier of, of okay like, it should when be. I have yeah, I carve out 16 hours, hours to share. Right. yeah but um, um what do you love well, about me, this season though yeah yeah so uh Damon Lindelof co-created um with the Tom Parada who wrote the novel um and Damon Lindelof from Lost as you know um so I was I was trying to recall what exactly I loved about the season. It just really stuck out in my mind, and that's why it's at my number two uh, for the year. Um, I don't really remember exactly like moments that I loved, but it it was just really captivating um, and just haunting. like a yeah, haunting, haunting is a good word. It was a fascinating um, conclusion to the story. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. And I, at times I was sort of wondering, is it for me? Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, but the acting and, and writing, uh, just really like, just kept me motivated to, uh, finish it obviously. But, um, is it a lot yeah, about it, like mortality and like heavy, it is. heavy themes and subjects about, yeah, the meaning religion, of religion, mortality. And, yeah. yeah so. Life and death. Uh, 
I mean, a lot of undertones of basically just the human experience on yeah. earth, you know, it's, uh, it's very deep and, and weighty and a little confusing and uh, maybe convoluted and a yeah. little pretentious at times I you could say, but, uh, really, really well-made show. And it had some emotional peaks that, that, you know, made it a unique, uh, entertaining television experience, sort of unlike anything else I've ever seen, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Thoreau, Carrie Coon, Ann Dowd, and Christopher Eccleston, uh, their performances throughout the entire series kind of elevated it um, to a different level. Um, Carrie Coon especially I loved as Nora Durst. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really cool show. Interesting. Like I said, not for everybody, but uh, I, think, I think a lot of our listeners would like it. Awesome. So moving on to number one. Drumroll. Yeah, I don't know if this comes as a surprise to you, but uh, I'm putting Big Little Lies, the, oh. min- H- <laughs> the HBO miniseries. Did you ever want it? Did you want it, babe? Oh, my. It tears me apart. I, w- I was thinking that that would end up your number one because, again, yeah, we did an episode about this. Um, you know, earlier in the year when uh-huh. it came out and you, you spoke very, very passionately about it. I did. So uh, I, I was, if I had to put money on it, um, <laughs> this this wasn't a bet in Vegas. I tried to call my bookie and he said, what the hell is must go faster? And, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> no, I'm putting it on yeah. the prompt. It's like, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, That's good. Right. But uh, yeah, this would have been my guess. So good. Go uh, well, you were right. And this was, it started airing February 19th through April 2nd on HBO seven episode miniseries again a big big year for seven episode miniseries godless and and big little lies both seven episodes um it kind of cleaned up at the primetime emmy Emmy awards this year it won eight awards um including best limited series i think it helped that it was in the limited series category rather than the dramatic series category i mean the acting was amazing just this ensemble cast was unbelievable um Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, um, Alexander Skarsgård gave an amazing haunting performance. He won uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, uh, Adam Scott, Zoe Kravitz, and then a lot of great performances from child actors. Um, It was shot beautifully. Uh, Jean-Marc Vallée directed the series. He won Best Director in a Limited Series. the the final episode I think I mentioned this earlier in our when I talked about this uh, this entire season the last episode was the best thing I watched on TV this year it was I was so say, emotionally yeah. rewarding you said it was the, best, the best hour of television I mean this is yeah. back you know in April or March but it seems like that still stands it does yeah it was I was on the edge of my seat the entire time I mean the season it the whole season was great but that episode especially I was I was like this is I mean, it's, Elevated it might be, things for you. yeah, even movies, it might've been my favorite thing <laughs> I've seen this year. So Damn. yeah, it had to be num- my number one. I highly recommend people check this out. It's a limited series, so you don't have to feel like you're way behind or anything. It's, it's a seven hour thing so you can catch up quickly. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's my top five. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but everything is either Netflix or <laughs> HBO. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a strong uh, hint at who won the year for me, but yeah. Right. Hey, I mean, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence those two uh, platforms are usually putting out 
the highest quality, like per show, right? Kind of the highest quality uh, product. So um, I'm not gonna fault you for that, <laughs> especially yeah. given my top five that's about to come, and <laughs> there may be uh, you know some things on those networks as well. No, I'm excited to hear. So yeah, let me get into my top five TV episodes. So Rob just did okay. seasons, and we're gonna break this down um, in kind of a micro fashion and do the best episodes that I've seen this year. So number five is from Silicon Valley, actually. The episode Terms of Service. So this okay. is the second episode of season four. It was really kind of a bright spot in an otherwise weak season, I would say. It kind of mismanaged my expectations for the rest of the season because this one was so freaking good. One <laughs> of the funniest that the, the series has ever done. I remember nice. watching this by myself, like on my bed, on my iPad mini, and just like <laughs> laughing out loud by myself. Nice. Whenever you're LOLing by yourself, that's always a strong of a good, uh, you know, or always a sign of a, of a strong comedy. Yeah, I remember like, you really yeah, painted a picture there for me. Totally. I, like I experienced it with you. Yeah. Have you, have you seen this episode? I know you no. Silicon Valley, you're not as big on, right? Or no, you, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like just it. It's just season. one of those shows. I've seen the first two seasons, and I think I've seen a few random episodes of uh, season three and four. I, I no, I, I can't remember so, this episode. Yeah, watch this one, even if you haven't seen the the rest of this season. So okay. basically, the main plot point is Dinesh, who's played by uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's yes. in the, the big sick. I think I nailed that uh-huh. name right. I'm just, yeah, just going to say I did. I believe. Um, so he's kind of become you know a breakthrough star of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically takes over as CEO of Piper Chats, which is kind of this spinoff of the main startup that the series is based on. Pied Piper. And just to kind of see the the power rush go to his head like instantly. I mean, his performance is the main highlight and the biggest reason why this is in my top five. From like the very opening shot, just seriously go just watch the opening minutes where he's like pitching to investors incredible do you think i have too much product in my hair nope i think you should use more quite a turnaround for a company that wasn't exactly soaring oh it was soaring emily right into a clock toilet <laughs> and not just like a standard <laughs> clock toilet what he did with like his hair and like this smug look on his face his condescending smile it's just like <laughs> so perfect and how a lot of these like CEOs I think really act in like Silicon Valley. Yeah. Just like so you know full of themselves and he, <laughs> he just did like all this with I don't know the, whoever did the hair for him was just like should win an Emmy or something. Huh. But um, you know there's just like a lot of really hilarious scenes in this episode. Um, You know Richard who's played by Thomas Middleditch he gets pushed out at the end of season three I believe and so they're arguing he's arguing with Dinesh over kind of like who has control of the company and Dinesh is just like like I said, it's this power trip where he just like buttons his blazer when they're finished arguing is like, I'm sorry, Richard, you're out, you know? And, <laughs> and there's just like this really funny exchange where, you know, Richard's like, hey, where'd you get that blazer? And he goes, and, you know, he tells him and goes, oh yeah, I just wanted to know uh, where I could get one so I could look like a total fucking douchebag. <laughs> 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 and it's nice. just like, like the delivery is so good and they're just in this room and like you know their colleagues are like sitting next to them and it's just yeah. like these two totally you know nerdy silicon valley dudes argue i don't know i just thought it was that scene was so funny yeah and the episode unfolds it, it's uncovered of course that you know um that they they've lost like 21 billion dollars because <laughs> there was like this legal loophole that they didn't realize and so nice. just the flip of like agony on Danish's face and everything about his demeanor is completely 
different in an instant. Um, you know, uh, Batram, who's played by, uh, what's his name? Martin, um, I forget his name. He's like the really deadpan dude. With yeah. The long with hair the, and beard. the beard. Yeah. Who like, he's like an enemy of Dinesh, but uh-huh. somehow they're colleagues. But they're like, like best friends also. Fail. Yeah. Yeah. Like once they find out, like he likes pop champagne and he's just like, <laughs> I mean, I knew Dinesh would F this up, but honestly, this couldn't get any better for me. You know, nice. and he's just like <laughs> totally rubbing it in and yeah. it's just, um, just a really, really funny 30-minute uh, episode of television. Cool. And, you know, I, I want to say, too, just, like, this episode works really well also because it, it captures just, you know, just very realistic dynamics of a startup. Um, the storyline kind of seems plausible where, like, you know, this this hot startup gains traction and then it bypasses this legal guideline thinking it's not a big deal. But they don't go back to fix it because it's doing so well. And why do they want to uncover something that they don't think is going to... But it ends up just kind of, like, being burned because of it so i think that's kind of like um holistic view of why the show does work well a lot of the times is that it it is like very true to how a lot of these companies operate and the the experience of uh, startups and yeah yeah and in this episode is um an example of that and it's just yeah the performance of dinesh as the ceo i mean i wish they had a whole season of that because it is so freaking funny so (laughs) that is my number five um my number four is uh from Mr. Robot okay. actually. Um so this Something is an episode I did not watch this year. Yeah, so this is an episode called Runtime Air and yeah, did you were you into the show? Have you seen how much of this show had you seen? I've you I've seen Yeah, I've seen season 1 and the premiere of season 2 and that's it. Uh no particular yeah. reason, just kind of fell off of it and one of those yeah, I can't have not gotten it back on, yeah. So yeah, season 1 is phenomenal and I would say season 2 is it's pretty inconsistent and it kind of, by the end of it, I overall kind of just lost interest in the show. Okay. But, um, when I heard about this episode, um, and just how it was made, I was like, I have to watch this and mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because, um, it's all in one continuous shot. So it's a 45 minute episode, like think Birdman, but in a, oh. in an episode, you know, yeah. in just that style where, cool. I mean, there's trickery that they did where I'm sure, you know, they obviously cut, you know, a few times, but yeah, it's executed in a way that looks like it's entirely one shot. That's and cool. It's just so fun to watch. I mean, you honestly don't need to know anything about this show to enjoy it. You can just jump right in and watch this episode. Okay, it's, cool. It's the, the fourth episode of the season. Um, it, it takes place entirely in this kind of high-rise office headquarters at this fictional technology company called E-Corp. Right. And the first half follows Elliot, who's the, the main character of the show. And then the second half follows Angelo, who's kind of the main female character. Uh-huh. Uh, details aren't really important here. It's just what's important is the direction and, and just how uh, that's executed. There's just this um, constant tension following these two characters. Okay. There's all these protests happening outside. Um, on the ground level that they eventually break into the building and burst through the doors and pass security. And this is a show that's very much like of the moment and gets into this sense, not just from like, oh, who's spying, you know, is the government, you know, the like technology and cyber warfare and things like that, but also just like unrest by society and the establishment and, you know, all, I mean, a lot of the anxiety of technology. Yeah. Totally. And it exists like in a world like they even like mentioned Trump in this episode and things like that. It's kind of like this cross section of, you know, the reality we're living in now. Right. Um, And yeah, when it's being shot in this this one, it almost reminded me of like a a video game where the camera, it's from your viewpoint. Okay. And the camera is just being like tracked around throughout this office, throughout the floors, different angles. And it's just like you're on this ride, basically. Cool. Um, and as I know you and I are just huge fans of like 
the one long continuous take, um, whether it's in movies or shows. And this is the first time I'd ever seen a show entirely done this way. And it's just like this swirl of confusion and paranoia. I just have no idea like how exactly they pulled this off. And the creator, showrunner, director, Sam Esmail, I think Uh he, he's directed like almost every episode. It's crazy. Like the workload he takes on, but he's kind of this master of aesthetic. The show is always, um, where, you know, it has some weaknesses, I think, from a story perspective, mm-hmm. it always nails the aesthetic. So, you know, cinematography, lighting, the mm-hmm. editing, the score, the, you know, musical choices that they decide to, you know, run as music beds. And this episode really is just like a tour de force in television directing. So um, that is why it is I'm on sold. my list. It's number four. Cool. Yeah, you're going to watch after this. So that is my number four. So going into number three, a show that you have mentioned already a mind hunter. So episode two, yeah, which is, there's no episode names in the series simply titled, but this is my favorite episode of one of my favorite TV series of the year. If I did a top five seasons, this would definitely be in my top five. Yeah. And, um, you know, they get kind of all the exposition out of the way in the pilot episode and episode one. So this episode really starts to get into the meat of the show and really strengthens the chemistry between Holden and Tench, the two main detectors, detectives the story is following. But this decision to put it in as number three is mostly driven by the introduction of Edmund Kemper. Yes. Ed Kemper, a.k.a. the co-ed killer. If there's one thing I know, it's this. A mother should not scorn her own son. If a woman humiliates her little boy, he will become hostile and violent and debased. Period. It's the Ed Kemper show. So <laughs> this is, he's played by Cameron Britton, who you mentioned. Um, and it's the first of many serial killers that they interview throughout the series. But yeah. he kind of turns out, he's the most like captivating and kind of the most important. The episode follows three separate interviews with Kemper. The first two are just with Holden and Kemper, and then the third, he convinces Tench to come along, who's right. hesitant at first and thinks right. that it's kind of a waste of time, and why are you trying to... You know, the guy is such a psychopath that, like, what can we really gain from here? But yeah. um, anyway... Well, no, that's, when, up, the, that's yeah. when I felt like the show clicked. That's when I was like, okay, I get what this show is trying to do. I get what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concept of recording the interviews and... You know, that's what we're seeing basically play out. It, yeah, it, it everything everything clicked and it made sense of what this show was going to be about. And yeah, amazing performance by Cameron oh. Britton. Like that, it's haunting, <laughs> scary, charming, you know, like... Oh, yeah. It's I just crazy how you kind of like him, but then you remember like, oh, he killed all these women, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, and I think the buildup of Holden meeting him for the first time, he's kind of like walking through the prison yeah, and just kind of look on his face. It reminded scared, me of kind of yeah. Jodie Foster and Silence of the Lambs. Totally. Which he's going to meet Hannibal Lecter. I think that's, you know, it's not a stretch to say that that was an homage there. And I mean, just the performance here. I, I mean, I think it's freaking like Emmy worthy as like Definitely. best supporting uh, yeah. actor. And like the way he walks and almost like this uh-huh. puppy dog look on his face, like he's a gentle, right. quote unquote, gentle giant. Um, <laughs> the first interview where he's like, 
I can get you an egg salad sandwich. Oh, the egg salad sandwich. You want the egg salad. It made me want an egg salad sandwich I know. It sounded so good the way you described it. And then the second interview, I believe they're they're a little more comfortable with each other. Oh, yeah. And uh, Holden Ford, uh, Jonathan Groff is like, you know, trying to stick it up a little bit and like be (laughs) friendly. And then all of a sudden, uh, Ed Kemper is like, yeah, and that's why you got to like cut her cut her open or something. he just like yeah. says something, something like oh yeah you yeah, are and a you're monster like, oh, and i forgot this guy's a murderer <laughs> you know totally like, yeah it's just a really great great scene there and i think just like i also just love the choice they made of like amplifying the sound of his footsteps it's almost yeah. like he's the t-rex in jurassic park nice, it's like yeah. the jangling of his chains uh-huh. and he has kind of this um personality of a mobster where he's like one of those made men in prison who gets like preferential treatment from the right. guards he's like all friendly with them he's yeah like, oh, he's all charming me. he calls them by their first name you know and stuff like that the egg salad sandwich bit is all like i noticed that um holden orders an egg salad when like he's out oh, to lunch with his girlfriend yeah, later totally, and he's like you don't even totally. like egg salad you know, and stuff. <laughs> um and, you know, just during that first conversation, I love the kind of dichotomy between cutting back to, like, there's a shot of, like, going back to the golf course that Tej right. is playing on and then just, like, in the prison mm-hmm. with just, like, an entirely different situation. As you mentioned, the second time they meet, they're they're so comfortable with each other. He's making, like, holding coffees. Like, you want milk? You know, and yeah. so it's all – and it's just – it's such a great performance – he lulls you into thinking he's a normal dude. And then there are just, you know, many times where just through dialogue, he reminds you that he's this perverse, uh, psychopath. And I think also just these conversations, um, that Holden has with Kemper and how Holden reacts to it with Tench is essentially kind of like launching the crux of the show mm-hmm. that, you know, follows throughout the series where Holden wants to go deeper with these killers, yeah. learn from them and kind of sometimes oversteps his boundaries on how far he goes. And that really causes a lot of conflict with everyone in his life, both professional and personal. It's kind Definitely. of the catalyst of conflict for the show. And I, I said, this love, is yeah, well, real quick. I said, this is where it clicked for me. I think it's also where it clicked for the characters. They were like, okay, this is, we're on to something here. We should interview these people and try to understand them a little better. And mm-hmm. maybe this will help us prevent these crimes uh, in the future. So yeah, it, it clicked for the audience and for the the cast and characters themselves. Totally. I think um, outside the, the Kemper meetings, I also want to say, I, I love the montage of them like traveling just like the editing oh, yeah. of like they're in On bars, the planes, planes yeah. hotel rooms, diners, coffee splashing. I'm just a sucker for those kind of montages. So uh-huh. it was uh, delightful to see. And then um, also, yeah, the the final scene. So, you know, they're arguing with their boss on whether or not, the, you know, they want to deepen this investigation and go further. And he's saying, you know, quote, like, it is not our job to commiserate with these people. It is our job to electrocute them. And that's right. just such a telling line of kind of where the FBI was at in right. this time in place of how they viewed um, these psychopaths and how, you know, which isn't like wrong of him to say, like, I, you know, it, these people committed these heinous crimes, but it's just really interesting to see, um, you know, how that path was forged of like, no, we need to really get inside the mind of him. I think uh, Tench says, like, how can we get ahead of crazy if we don't know how crazy thinks and i think right. it's that line that sparks the fbi you know the i feel guy, like i'm listening like, to the trailer <laughs> oh right yeah that line is in the trailer and then he's like finally he's like okay i like you i don't like him there's some funny lines too it's like next thing you know you're gonna tell me you want to interview M- M- manson he was like hey, right you're thinking june yeah for that. we should he's like yeah right. 
Um, and then there's the final scene of them being relocated to the basement with Psycho Killer from Taki Hens playing, which is a really nice oh, yeah. ending to a great episode, a great uh, show. And yeah, can't wait for, for season two next year. Definitely. So that is my number three. Uh, moving into my top two. So number two is Master of Nuns uh episode it's the penultimate episode of season two um it's called amor Am- amarsi un po i am not okay. i don't speak italian yeah but it is ba- it stands for uh love each other a little in italian it comes from this song from uh lucio battisti okay who uh take is, your word for I, it right yeah i just to kind of shed some light on why this episode is called and it's an hour long you know i think with this show that came out this spring um, most people would name, you know, the Thanksgiving episode, the uh-huh. religion is their favorite or best of the season, but I'm actually going to go with this one because okay. it just, it really struck me. Like, I think it was kind of a masterpiece in like romantic tension and yeah. will they, won't they energy. And it's just uh-huh. so many scenes that are just so damn true to like how these things play out right. and the conversations you have and the chemistry and just from the very beginning opens with these beautiful helicopter shots in New York. And I just love how bright the city lights are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only episode of this show where the opening titles are not in its typical, like branded font. Uh-huh. Um, just, you know, these are sometimes the things I think about watching the yeah, show, yeah. The, font, the fonts. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Me too. And um, just really great cinematography throughout yeah. this, this episode, you know, in addition to um, the main storyline of, you know, Dev and Francesca, her right. visiting over from Italy, spending all this time together. Was this um, directed by Aziz and sorry, was this episode? I feel like it might've been, yeah. it's a good question. I, I, I don't have that down though, but uh, sure. I want to say too, when they go to visit um, this, this park, this art park, that's like North of New York called Storm King. Oh yeah. Been to, but I love just that those scene. like vistas. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about this episode or this, this show earlier in the year, you particularly love the way that was shot. And, yeah. And there's just so many great moments throughout this episode. I mean, even little things like there's a scene where they both go into the drugstore and Francesca, like being an Italian is like oh, yeah. blown away by like the, the size of like the toiletries and the fact yeah. that like, and it's like just one of they those have things. have everything there. Kind of like an insight into like how something just overlooked of like how foreigners like view certain American culture. Right. And it's all like in one shot. And, um, you know, I will say that in this episode, there is some of the dialogue and acting that seems a little forced between the two. Like it seems like we're reading dialogue and it's very right. like sharp and rehearsed. I think that was but, one um, of the pitfalls of the entire season, actually. Right, right. Um, there's the scene with um, Arnold when Dev is consulting him for advice and I think they're at his apartment. He's like, he takes a Lunesta, like which is basically like <laughs> Ambien and he, just, yeah. he eventually just falls asleep on the bed. He's like, he's like, I just want to let you know like Arnie's going to knock out in a few minutes. He <laughs> took a little Nesta, but keep talking, you know, and it's like being like a large uh, bear tranquilized. Yeah. yeah, you know, he just like eventually like just asleep so good please come i really want to see you dan you're doing a couple of more emojis what kind of emoji this guy that's huggy bro get that fucking huggy away from me i want kissy or i want red hearts only and just like yeah the chemistry between those two throughout this episode his reactions to the text messages dev is getting from her and like yeah. the kissy emojis and things like that um, probably my favorite scene is when Francesca stays over at Dev's and there's the blizzard outside and decides she can't go back home. So she has to spend the night and they basically, there's this, um, sequence where they put, um, put on this Italian record and do this twist. And it's just like beautiful. I, honestly, like, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm like 
mushy for this scene. Like, I just think it's really <laughs> special, like, so cinematic. I mean, just the snow that's happening outside, the lighting, the sound of the music coming through the record player. It's just, they they, they made it sound exact. like, it's coming from the record. It's not, like, some, you know, produced music bed. It's, yeah, like, the way a record sounds when it's Your passion for room. records, yeah, it just uh, oh, right. it never, never ceases to make me happy. Right, yeah, yeah, newfound passion for records. And, um, yeah, that scene is just beautiful. Um, and, you know, I also want to shout out my second favorite scene is where... Um, towards kind of, you know, towards the the last third of the episode, um, Dev and Francisca go to this party that Arnold is DJing at and Francisca is just kind of playing oh, yeah. things cold and Dev gets like so disappointed and fed up and just starts like inquire, like what's, what's wrong with you? Right. And just kind of this back and forth that like almost, it is so real, dude. Like, right. It's just exactly how people in talk loud in these bar. situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, it felt like a documentary. Like, right. the dialogue and acting between the two. Dev's like head against the wall. And there's like this really cool, like, red light um, huh. that's, you know, played throughout. And in, in the song in the background is uh, from, you know, Kanye's last album, that song Fade, like the original sample from that. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of like looped. And it's just, I don't know. I thought that scene was just so well done. And then, of course, to end it, um, when they're in the helicopter, uh, he's kind of confessing his love. And, you know, they're in, like, these helmets and the microphones. Yeah. And it's it's all – all the dialogue is stemmed through, like, this distorted stone. It's just, like, something that's – it's different and creative. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just cool that they did it that way. And I don't want to be no more. No. See, I just want to do this with you. I want to laugh with you. I want to define random English words. I, I just want to be with you. You make me so happy. And – I think I make you pretty happy too. Great comic relief from the pilot where like after this, they like, you know, confess their love for one another. He's like, uh, I believe you're having a fairly intimate conversation. So right. if you want me to switch over to another channel, just <laughs> let me know, you know? Hey guys, just so you know, I can hear everything you're saying. And it sounds like you're having a fairly intimate conversation. Just let me know if you'd like to switch over to a private channel. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little anecdotes of real relationships and uh, you know courtship and uh, you know first few dates and one person feels one way and you can't tell if the other person feels that way or not and you're trying to feel each other out and yeah you're totally right it it hit on a lot of emotional uh, relationship things and mm-hmm. yeah it's really great episode I would have I would have probably gone with either the Thanksgiving episode like you said or the uh, New York I Love You episode of this season, but mm-hmm. it's a great choice. This one was an hour long and uh, probably the most important to the the main the main storyline. Story yeah. yeah, so good choice. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. One last note is even the final exchange of dialogue where they get off the helicopter and Francisca is just like, just give me time, like give me time now. Uh-huh. Like again, I just think that's just like what people say, and that it's it wasn't so like there's some yeah. grace of like, oh yeah, now we're together and like it, yeah. it was just like this kind of melancholy moment of like right. even though dev was like very relieved that he finally confessed his love to her and she mainly reciprocated like it wasn't like oh yeah now we're together let me it's just like, ditch my things are complicated boyfriend yeah <laughs> or or yeah fiance they get right, they've like, right. been dating for like 10 years or whatever so um i just thought it was a great great episode so it had to be in my top five so my number one 
and I'm I'm a little surprised this didn't make your 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 top five this show. Let's but hear it. Is Stranger Things? Yeah, it was uh, it was in the yeah, running. Debated, right? Yeah, yeah. An honorable mention, but I'm gonna go with what I think is probably the best episode of this series, and that is episode six, The Spy. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say about this show is like, when this came out, and it's been out for you know a little over a month now, and it really reinforced to me that like, this show is the monoculture it's this in mm-hmm. game of thrones right. when it comes to tv like everyone watched stranger things yeah like the amount of conversations i i swear to god like i got sick of talking about it <laughs> every single group conversation it's like and it was also just like rare because like everyone had finished it it wasn't like yeah. oh i gotta wait for you to like everyone watched this thing that weekend and you know i mean we did a whole breakdown of the season you know the week after right. but uh it was just cool to like have you know a moment of just like a piece of pop culture that everyone is kind of on the same page about right. and you can have a conversation with. And this episode, The Spy, it starts out very intense, like right in the action. It's that scene, um, Will, you know, in on like the hospital bed being wheeled in. Mm-hmm. There's tons of panic going on. They inject him with a sedative. Because I think in the episode prior, it ends with like him, you know, having that seizure Spasm. on the ground. Yeah. Which is a really disturbing scene. Um, when you know he's connected to the, uh, the smoke mm-hmm. monster. Right. And I think one of my... Um, my favorite parts of this episode is, you know, Dustin and Steve, that combination. Yeah. The Duffer brothers, the creators of the show, they really recognize that these are the two kind of most charismatic personalities on the show. And they smartly put them together. Um, you know, the scenes that they have on the train tracks where they're kind of exchanging like, love advice. <laughs> yeah. It's very like older stand brother-esque. By me. Yeah. To- total stand by me. Um, the hair instructions, he's like, <laughs> four puffs of the Farrah Fawcett right. spray. He's like, what? He's like, you tell anyone <laughs> I use the Ferris product and you're dead, okay? You know, it's just like really just uh, good chemistry, good writing. Yeah. Um, Will's performance too, that I know we've talked about, is just like really strong in this episode. Um, I love the touch of like his his memory loss where he only remembers, you know, like his mom and... and um, uh, What's the kid's name? His best friend. I'm blanking here. Oh, Mike. Mike, right. Mike. Yeah. But he doesn't remember uh, Bob. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. yeah or... or um, uh, How could you forget Bob? Detect- right. Yeah, yeah. Bob. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like... It was a nice layer to his performance. And, yeah. you know, just kind of this dialogue that emerges um, where they're talking about, like, you know, the infected host seems to be communicating and, like, realizing what's going on in right. Will's body. It's kind of just, like, new territory for the show. Sure. Um, there's also just other great moments of, you know, Nancy and Jonathan hooking up for the first time. And oh, that kind yeah. And weird, like, private detective that they spend Yeah, the like, breaking and- down their relationship. That was a really <laughs> right. funny scene. And, you know, the next morning they're, like, having coffee right. and breakfast. And he's like, so, Jonathan, how was the pullout? And he, like, yeah, coughs. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> uh, just, like, really solid. Uh, not so time. subtle, yeah. Right. Um, and then, yeah, one of the, the final scenes in the episode, um, the school with the school bus where you have Steve, Dustin, Max and Lucas, yeah. just a really cool set piece with like all the fog and it's kind of in like this junkyard, all the demon dogs are attacking. Yeah. Um, it's the first time we really see them in action. Yeah. Steve just kicks ass as usual with his like <laughs> bad, he makes some really nice, nice swings. And there's like a really funny line where Dustin, like they're all like, you know, huddled into the, uh into the school bus and they're attacking from all angles and he's like on a microphone he's like is anyone there mike will god anyone you know it's just yeah. like this you know scene of panic and, and good comic relief and then really yeah the final scene of this episode and when it's revealed that will is quote unquote the spy here and he you just like as he reveals he it, made it, like, me do it 
oh yeah, he made me do it. You shouldn't have set him. And you're just like, whoa, this is pretty, pretty creepy. And then just cutting to that ambush where they're those people, you know, they're those workers are in the upside down. Yeah. And like they're tracking the moves on the radar and they're getting like picked off one by one. Really like alien. It reminded me of Aliens. I think it was like homage uh-huh. to you know the great Alien sequel with James Cameron. Um, in the final line of like they're almost here, then the arm for one of the demons like climbs oh, up yeah. into the surface. Such a good cliffhanger. And uh, yeah, I just want to say you know this episode really just showcases kind of the best of Stranger Things. You know, it, it's funny and it has great chemistry and, and really you know strong characterizations, but it's also very suspenseful and you know fantastical, mysterious, yeah. and <clears throat> can be like horrifying. So I just think it kind of represents had everything um, the best. Of a show that, again, yeah, with this in Game of Thrones is, like, kind of the biggest thing in television. So, yeah. for those reasons, I put it as my, the best episode that I saw of, of this year. Nice. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, So, just quickly, my most notable omission of my top five seasons was obviously Game of Thrones, which is still the biggest show in the world, highest budget, you know, probably most watched show of the year but it was my least favorite season of the entire series. So I just couldn't put it in my top five. Like it obviously had great moments, uh, a few amazing episodes, but just overall I was a little more disappointed and upset by things than I was like, uh, you know, pleased with it. So I, I just couldn't put it in there. And then stranger things Two was definitely in the running for my top five, but probably fell in at like number seven or eight. So yeah, a few other things. Uh, I wanted to mention, just an honorable mention for this list, uh, is The Grand Tour, which is the Amazon Prime original show. Um, it started in November 2016 and then finished, they had weekly episodes until February 2017, so I didn't quite put it in my top five because I wasn't sure which year you associate it with, but I loved this season, or this show. It's, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May host. Uh, it's a basically a car show. Uh, you know, something I never thought I'd say is this is an, am- <laughs> an amazing show about cars. Um, I'm not a big car guy at all, but this show, these three British uh, hosts are just extremely entertaining and funny. Uh, they've all hosted shows on their own on BBC and various other networks, um, but... This show, I mean, it's just, it's huge, like a huge budget. They basically, the concept is they travel around the world to different uh, main or major cities and they set up this huge tent and host the show out of there. But then they show clips of them like doing event driving and, uh, you know, testing out various cars and doing some really cool, (laughs) cool stuff like it's pretty intense. And uh, I wanted to mention it because season two is set to start December 8th. So just, uh, coming up this next Friday. Um, so yeah, wanted to give that an honorable mention. Um, some shows that were in the running, I mentioned Stranger Things 2, uh, Master of None, Glow, Ozark, uh, Last Week Tonight, The Deuce, Girls, season six, the final season. Um, Mm -hmm. again, every single thing except for, uh, the Grand Tour, which I just mentioned, all Netflix or HBO. So that shows, <laughs> you know, maybe that's just my bias. Uh, I have, you know, subscriptions to both of those services, and that's what I watch the most. But those were all, you know, it's not the only stations or things that I watched this year, but those yeah, uh, two like networks most. or platforms uh, dominated my 
my viewing experience this year. Yeah, I would have to say, yeah, as far as like streaming service of the year, I mean, yeah, given like my top five, uh, I got to put Netflix, you know, with Mindhunter, Master of None, yeah. um, with uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things, you know, with some of the documentaries they put out this year. Yeah. Um, you know, they do, they definitely have, you know, godless. Hits, and, hits and misses. Yeah, right. Godless as well. Um, you know, and plenty of others, but I think. Yeah, when it's at its best. I mean, you know, between that and HBO, I think are still the strongest. Like, there hasn't been, yeah. like, you know, an Amazon or, like, Hulu show that I've, like, loved or, like, right. felt like I have to check this out yet. I mean, there's, you know, not to say that, you know, I'm sure that can happen over the next year or two. Definitely. But, uh, I think those are still, like, two, the, the two dominant platforms. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. FX as well, which kind of well, had, FX, yeah. um, you know, had some had some great great stuff this year. Well, I was going to mention I mean, the yeah. the two biggest shows for me at least that were on my radar were um excuse me, Fargo and then of course uh Legion, which we talked about I think our on our episode. first episode also. Yeah. Both of those shows I didn't finish this year. I loved yeah. the first two seasons of Fargo, but I was not as as drawn in by season three, and I didn't ever finish it, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we, Fargo we said at the beginning of the year FX yeah. was dominating, but after looking at the the scope of what happened this year, I mean, HBO and Netflix, it's it's hands down. Right, and I think yeah, Legion. I really love that pilot, but again, yeah, I didn't finish the season just because yeah. like I kind of just lost interest. And yeah. with Fargo, I mean, those first two seasons are so freaking strong that uh, this third one just kind of was a retread and didn't really just. Um, I don't know. Kind of felt like you had seen it all before, and it wasn't right. you know worth worthy of your your time, at least you know my opinion. But uh, so I think I also. To ask, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, this may be what you wanted to ask me. I mean, <laughs> certain shows that, like I said in the beginning, you know, there's so much out there and like, there's a lot that I haven't seen, you know, even yeah. though I try to, you know, watch all the best of like what's out there. Right. Um, some shows that come to mind that I definitely want to check out, um, like The Handmaid's Tale, for example. On Hulu. Yeah. Didn't see a second of it, but. This would, is exactly what I was going to ask you. Which, yeah. which shows do you most uh, want to watch from this year that you didn't yeah. get a chance to. I mean, that show seems, I mean, obviously like it's pretty heavy. Um, it yeah, seems pretty important and of the time. And that's um, why I didn't get to it. I know with Elizabeth <laughs> Moss. Yeah. It's like, okay, let me, you know, do I really want to dive for into this. this world? Yeah. And we're like, li- we're living it. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the new Twin Peaks season. Yep, Showtime. Um, which I heard had some incredible episodes that were just like totally, you know, just, david lynch at his best um yeah so i'd love to check that out i actually think i you know mentioned hulu not having much but i, I the show um the runaways that just came out yeah um, on hulu which marvel is that from the creator of the oc which i used to we can do an oc pod later but i, I used to ride for <laughs> me too and um apparently is based off like one of the best like marvel comics of the last like 20 years and yeah it seems like really fresh and it's a compelling storyline of like these group of kids that find out that their parents are all super villains um uh-huh. and uh yeah it just seems like it would be a, uh it could be a really good watch so i want to check that out and yeah you know there are plenty of others as well but um, i wanted to mention kind of some that came to mind yeah i wanted to mention american vandal on netflix which was like yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. sort of a mockumentary series um mm-hmm. seems really funny and i've pretty much only heard good things about it but i haven't seen that um also the vietnam war uh pbs oh, documentary yeah. series um yeah. I haven't had a Ken chance Burns. to check that out. I, yeah, I watched Ken the first, documentary. first episode. Oh, how was it? It was really good. It's like very, the first episode is like 
setting the stage of like why the war happened and it's not okay it's like a it's like a 10 part series that is one yeah i want to finish yeah Um, because that guy he was put on this earth to make documentaries (laughs) about u.s history Um, yeah and that's a you know a time period i want to learn more about and so that is up there i have seen the first and it's very i mean extremely well made i just again haven't had the time to to watch it all well yeah i mean there's so many things i could we could uh, you know list off 20 other shows that uh maybe somebody's favorite show out there and apologies if we didn't mention your favorite show (laughs) but you know everybody has different taste and and things but these are things that we enjoyed the most um so i wanted to ask you you know is there anything that sticks out to you that you're excited for coming up yeah yeah i mean yeah when it comes to tv uh, yeah i don't really have as much of like a up and coming radars. I yeah. Like movies like it kind of just comes of like, Oh, what's out this month or in these coming weeks. Sure. Um, what was the show? <laughs> there was one, uh, that's coming out early next year. Um, what was it that we talked about? Before oh, this well, week? yeah, sorry. Uh, so there's six new black mirror episodes oh, coming right. to yeah, Netflix. Yeah, black mirror, sure. Uh, it's, it's season four of the series, uh, which is, you know, they're standalone episodes. You can go back and watch any episode of this, this series about sort of our relationship with technology and how it controls our lives and how it interplays with the human experience nowadays. Um, it's a really cool series similar to the twilight zone. I highly recommend checking that out. If you're going to start with one episode, check out San Junipero in season three. One of my favorite things uh, I watched in 2016, really fascinating episode of television, but uh, yeah, I mean, other things I'm excited about, uh, bl- uh, Blue Planet 2, BBC Earth, <laughs> <laughs> BBC Earth production, um, Planet Earth 2 came out in 2016 slash early 17, um, wasn't as good as Planet Earth and it was only five episodes, but it was really great. Obviously I love BBC Earth, all of those productions. It's like my dream job is to work for bbc earth but uh blue planet 2 looks amazing it's getting really good uh feedback and i'm not sure exactly when that's going to be released but look out for that um real quick i wanted to mention a show i don't know if you have something prepared for this uh favorite show that i watched this year that is not that did not come out in 2017 i'm gonna go with um luther the uh bbc series yeah it stars idris elba as uh dci john luther uh he's this genius level uh murder detective in london um the show's written and created by neil cross and there are four seasons on netflix it's a total of 16 episodes uh season five or series five as they say in in the uk um is coming out in 2018 and it's going to be four episodes again on netflix uh it's a really really cool series if you like crime dramas or you know uh it's it's not so like csi cookie cutter stuff it's really interesting like looks into serial killers and trying to solve crimes and things it's it's a really really good show well made yeah i would say for me something yeah i didn't this came out nearly 20 over 20 years ago but Uh um watching the first season of twin peaks oh yeah they got around to that this year and i mentioned you know the new season they did this year i mean i had to watch the first season first and that is just um and one of the best seasons of television that i've ever seen and i would i would recommend it to most people yeah uh, that have taste 
<laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's one that stands out to me as one that I I finally got around to that I really loved from yeah. you know, way back when. Well, so, we could go um, forever yeah. about like breaking down what works in television and what doesn't work. Uh, I think for the for the year, the as I mentioned earlier, the seven episode miniseries kind of won the year for me. It, I think it's just an interesting format. You know, it's like these two stories, Big Little Lies and Godless, are things that are written and created by a single you know, single, uh, auteur type, type, uh, programming, but it, it's, uh, it's things that could be movies could be like a two and a half to three hour movie if it was trimmed down, but it works better in this format of seven hours. Um, it doesn't lend itself to, a you know, 12 hour season or multiple seasons of things. I think it's just a really cool niche for certain, certain programs or certain uh, stories to be told in a in a longer than a film format but shorter than a series or entire entire season of television so i just yeah i think i'm really enjoying the mini series category of television and that's that was sort of two of my five favorite shows of the year were this format so yeah and you're seeing a lot of great film directors move to tv to do take right. on projects like that so um yeah yeah i mean again, a little more freedom and uh, ability to tell the story they want to tell sure so um i think that's going to do it for this episode of must go faster um thanks so much everyone as always for listening uh please remember to spread the word uh give us a review on itunes rate us um let anyone know about it this is uh free content and we hope uh we make it you know for you guys to enjoy so yeah. um yeah, on our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about the year of music yeah. and uh, break down our top 10 songs of the year, which should be a, a rollicking good time. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and it's been fun to, since we decided that we're going to do this for our 20th episode of Must Go Faster, <laughs> we're going to each give you top 10, our favorite uh, top 10 songs of the year. So it'll be 20 total songs for our 20th episode. 20 for 20, nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I must say it's been really fun and interesting to start thinking about this list and it's it's made me go back and listen to things again and just look at you know lists online of best albums of the year and I've, I'm really deep diving into music uh, for the first time in a few months and it's it's been really enjoyable to do so stay tuned for that and uh, yeah we'll see you guys then yeah thanks for listening